Two Kingdom Tuesday. Stay with us. Well, um, that wasn't the greatest, uh, most creative opening, I got to say. Feeling a little flat. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I was just thinking, you know, this is my debut on Two Kingdoms Tuesday. Oh, man, really? Wow, this is yeah. long, long overdue, long overdue. <laughs> uh, and we have a, a titular question as well. Oh, yes, a, a, a titular question. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, and, the, and, the, and the title is? Is natural revelation sufficient? to govern culture. Mm. Um, this is an article by John Frame. You can go and get it on the framepoitrus.org website. It actually is also the last um, chapter or now, or like his appendix uh, to the, the, the Escondido Theology book that was reprinted there, but it's pretty cool that it's online. Um, and it's actually quite a relevant... Um, well, it's, it's, you know, I think, I think Frame is uh, correct when he says it's kind of at the heart of the debate when it comes to two kingdom stuff. Mm. So what I'm going to do is just kind of put on hold uh, some of that that I was uh, talking through um, in terms of just client and frame. And uh, we'll come back to that. But just having Nick on, I thought this is a good question, Nick. Uh, and I often talk about, you know, just natural law. And I suppose this has this has implications yeah. for ethics and systematics and just all sorts of areas and uh, yeah, you find it just bleeding into your your worldview and life, and and so it is a two kingdom thing. It does sort of um, it does matter with the client frame debate, but it's it's bigger than that, and um, and it affects a lot of what many different authors are saying. Um, certainly, some of my favorite uh, authors out there, Horton, Van Drunen. I mean, they're all uh, very much yeah. natural law guys. Um, and then you've got also like, I mean, Lee Irons, for example, is a natural law guy, but doesn't see it having any place in a uh, civil government. So he would, he would mm. say it's, 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 uh, it's overly sufficient in that it gives too much info and calls to a kind of theocracy. And then you got everything in between. So, uh, it's an interesting topic, but frames, uh, uh, article is kind of helpful here because he just basically, gets it all out there in classic sort of contrarian frame style and um you know it just just boils down uh, boils it down to what he sees the problem being and uh why he has uh, a different view than uh that of authors along the escondido train of thought um and mm. so um i thought what we could do which would be kind of interesting i don't know if we'll get through the whole thing but uh, just bounce along and see how far we get um and just see what we think of, of frame's argument what you, just just to, to make the disclaimer, I've never read this argument, so I'm coming to it cold. Yeah, so. and I've read half of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but um, it, it's it's sort of I, I think that's kind of what I'm going for. Yeah, rather than a exhaustive. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Let's make the disclaimer up front. It's not an exhaustive. Hey, this is a definitive view. We might change our minds. We might even come back uh, a few episodes later and, and say, eh, actually, we think Frame's got a point here or whatever. But um, but just sort of get a knee jerk, you know. I think um, you could do this with anyone. It doesn't have to be Frame, but it's just Frame's quite helpful in laying it all out there in uh, accessible format, uh, rather than having to go and mm. uh, get a journal article from some random um, neo-Kyperian piece. Um, uh, so 
with that in place, let's go. The titular question seems to me, Frame says, to be central in the current discussion in the reform camp between Kyperians and Kleinians. Kyperians argue that scripture governs all aspects of human, human life, including culture and government. Kleinians believe that politics and general culture are governed by natural revelation and common grace. Um, on their view, Christians should not urge distinctively biblical principles upon the institutions of the broad society. Rather, they should draw people's attention to the demands of natural law, the ethical implications of natural revelation. All right, so that's his opening um, paragraph. He goes yep. on to say, I believe that that position is wrong, and uh, these are my reasons, and he gives like <laughs> like a 99 of them, or however there, many there are. But um, what do you think of that opening paragraph, Nick? Yeah, I think it's he certainly spells out the issue. You've got the two camps, the Kuyperians and the Kleinians. Yeah. Um, he spells out the issue um, that it's got to do with uh, what's the voice that uh, speaks to politics? Is it the Bible or is it natural law? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he basically points out the fact that uh, the Kleinians have often erred on the side of saying, well, there is no blueprint for government in the New Testament. I'm quoting Horton there. Mm-hmm. Um and so we've all, we've always uh, speaking as a Kleinian, we've always said, well, common grace, natural revelation, conscience, the image of God, mm. these would be the sources that we would that could, the the common sources that we could appeal to and use mm-hmm. um, as Christians if we were active in government without yeah. trying to push an agenda. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So it's uh, he's just spelling it out. Yeah. And uh, I like the way he spelled it out. I'm curious to see why he disagrees. Yeah. It's, it's a solidly succinct. Uh, and what I love about Frame uh, is the way he writes. It just he gets to the point and it, it's always nice and easy to read. You know, uh, it's just I mean, that's a skill right there. Um, yeah. But one of the things he does say and he, as a footnote um, to the fact that that um, Kyperians, the Kyperian thing is actually quite complicated. You know, they've got the um, uh, Doyavit, um and those guys, all, all those um, um Basically, they took the sphere sovereignty thing to a to a new level and ended up actually believing in natural law anyway. And so, so he does mention that, and he's he's just sort of for the sake of of giving uh, these names their their various camps. He's just kind of saying, well, there we go. You've got um you got the Kyperians and the the Kleinians, but um the one thing I would say just and this uh, me and you had a uh, conversation this morning. And I was yeah. kind of beating on, on this drum. But one thing I would perhaps say differently, personally, up front, and maybe this, I don't know how true to Klein this makes me, um, or let me put it this way, I think it makes me okay with Klein, uh, but maybe not so much okay with the Kleinians, um, in that where, where he says, Kleinians believe that pol- politics and general culture are governed by natural revelation and common grace. On their view, Christians should not urge distinctively biblical principles upon the institutes, uh, institutions of broad uh, society. Rather, they should uh, draw people's attention to the minds of natural law. I, I would say that, uh, yeah, was, that's fine. Not urging bibli- distinctively biblical principles. Um, if, yeah, maybe, if, maybe the word principles is not too good, is it? No, because, I mean, like, you know, I what I want to say is that as a Kleinian, I'm thoroughly informed by the Bible, and I am wanting to urge biblical principles as I see them. But mm. I just I'm only wanting to do that insofar as I know that it will receive uh, a, a sort of a automatic audience because God Himself has placed a, 
a natural revelation in the heart of of everyone with the image of God, you know? Um, And so they are my parameters. But I just don't like the way that that people, and I'm sure, you know, there are some two, let me say this, there are some two kingdom guys that have gone all the way as he defines it over here. And, and probably that leads to a lot of frustration. But the thing is, I just don't like the way it yeah. always, it always gets cornered in this area. It seem you know, it seems as though there's no room for nuance there, you know, or, or uh, mm-hmm. via media there. Does that make sense? I suppose if I, if I could rephrase it, I might've said this. Yeah. On their view, the Kleinian view, yeah. Christians should not urge distinctively biblical teachings yeah, upon or the institutions of broad society. So uh, enforced would be one issue, but we're, we're also trying to say that there, there is not a New Testament blueprint for how to do government. Right. But there are biblical principles that we would appeal to. Right. Okay. Generosity, yeah, totally. kindness, justice, you know, <laughs> the golden rule, etc. Mm-hmm, we would mm-hmm. certainly appeal to biblical principles and Absolutely. say that they should uh, be pervasive in government. Yeah. But we don't believe that there's a biblical blueprint of, you know, in terms of direct teachings. Yeah. Um, and, and even just the... You know, okay, and he actually he probably will deal this with, with this a little bit um, uh, later on in direct point. So let me just leave that. But what I was going to say is kind of, you know, even in one's appeal to, you know, in whatever situation one finds oneself, you know, here we go. Um, I want to make a case that abortion is wrong. I mean, I, I do feel, even as a Kleinian, that I should mm. be very transparent that the Bible is driving me along. I don't feel like yes. I should never. I, I I feel like it's a weird thing to be cornered into a space where um, you know I'm only using natural law and like pretty much trying to keep the Bible out of it. I get and you know and I think Frame agrees with this. I get that for some, you know the wisdom will call for some instances where you know you gain a greater rhetorical effect if you just uh, you know appeal mostly to, to natural law on certain points. But you know yeah. I just feel like. I want to bring that in there. It's just that the, it's almost like my limitation is natural law. And then I'm not going to go beyond what I know God is going to give resonance with uh, in, in the person that, that that's hearing me, even if they themselves don't admit it. You know, there I'm, I'm sort of taking my cues from, from the idea of natural revelation. Rather than being too worried about whether I'm going to, you know, urge biblical principles or not, that's not my concern. But I think that does make me a little bit more nuanced than a lot of clients out there. But anyways... Mm. Uh, you know, that's probably the value of this discussion just to see, you know, where, where people are at, but let's go to the first point. Um, uh, he says, I believe that position is wrong. So, and he's talking there about, you know, just, just limiting the whole thing to natural law. Uh, he says natural revelation was not sufficient before the fall of Adam, uh, even Mm -hmm. in paradise as Cornelius Van Til used to say, CVT. (laughs) <laughs> CBT used to say our, uh, our first parents learned truth not only from their senses and reason uh, from God's revelation and creation but also from the divine voice itself yeah. according to Genesis 1 28 to 30 God did not leave it to our first parents to find out his will on their own by scrutinizing natural revelation rather mm-hmm. he spoke to them in his own words giving them the fundamental task of their existence indeed it is this passage, often called the cultural mandate, that defines culture for God's people. Um, he gave them more divine words. Uh, Genesis 2.16, Adam and Eve had the responsibility of interpreting natural revelation in accord with the audible words uh, God had spoken to them. God's spoken words functioned as a criterion for, 
for the truth of any interpretations of mm. natural revelation that might have occurred to the Makessa. So what he's trying to do there is he's trying to bring a lot closer together as uh, the Bible yeah. and natural law. Exactly. Whereas yeah. he perceives Kleinians to have separated these things, he's trying to show that in Genesis, in the garden, before the fall, it was natural for mankind to have both forms of revelation informing all that they did for God. Right, totally. And I, I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, I mean, certainly before like the fall, it. that's true. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the the other thing, the thing that does uh, worry me a little bit about what he's saying there, well, it, I suppose it, at the first point there would be that it kind of does double in on what I was just saying a second ago, and that uh, as someone who does have privy to God's special revelation, I'm not I'm not wanting to leave it out when I when I think about things, right? Even as the most, yeah. I consider myself two kingdom to the max, right? But, I, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not going to pretend that I don't have a, um, a, a, uh, a supernatural revelation given by God through which to interpret my own, you know, instincts and, and emotions and whatnot. Uh, obviously, obviously, I'm going to embrace that. Um, and so to that, to, to the degree that he's just defending that concept, amen. The problem, though, is that, of course, you have... You have a lot of, I mean, after the fall and then, you know, the whole point of, of uh, you know, God singling Abraham out and the whole, uh, the scriptures coming through uh, Israel and, and the Jewish people. I mean, that's, a lot of people did not have access to that revelation. Mm. So, yeah. you know, the thing kind of falls apart at that level. And then the other thing uh, that comes to mind for me here is that even before the fall, while it's true that, I mean, you, maybe I'm missing something here, but... Um, you know, if you think about everything that is that Genesis reports, God having said to Adam and Eve, um, you know, yes, fine, you do have everything to do with the positive commandment concerning the tree, which is unique to that that instance. But it wasn't a wasn't an issue of morality in a normal sense. Um, you know, the the tree thing. Well, I suppose yeah. it was, but you know what I mean. Um, and then um, also, you have the cultural mandate spelled out, which is fair enough. And I would agree that that all forms part of the covenant of works. But in terms of the actual Decalogue, you know, and the morality itself, you know, it's no, nothing is said about that specifically in special revelation. And it's you, you have to assume that, you know, Adam, it wouldn't have been OK if he just like, you know, killed someone and lied and, and whatever, and yet just abstain from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, like as if that's going to cut it. You know, obviously he needed to be obedient to the full weight of the yeah. moral law. Um, as Christ later was, but you don't see anything of that moral law um, stated there. So either it was just you have to assume well, that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess it depends on your view of the law. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just I've got Murray Murray bells ringing in my ears. Good. Well, that's a perfect thing because he cut his teeth on Murray. So let's yeah. What would Murray say? So Murray would say that the Decalogue is present in the Garden in okay. a positive form. So instead of do not commit adultery, it's let them become one flesh. Right. Instead of um, do not murder, it's here you are in the image of God. Instead of uh, keep the Sabbath day holy, it's tend and keep the garden and worship me. Um, you know, so, Good, so yeah. they, they would have been positive. So imply all the negative right. uh, commands in the Decalogue are implied in the positive commands of cool. God's will for humanity in the garden. Can he actually, so does he, would, does he, he get through it. all 10 of them? Is that his thing? Um, I can't remember, yeah. but okay. he, he would say that the, that the moral law, has never changed. It's always present. Yeah, which would agree. It's based on. on the character of God. It's yeah. written on man's heart. It then got written on stone. 
and so it must be in the garden. So that's that's the foundation for his argument, and so that's the way he would tease it out. All right, so we agree that it's always there, and that's fine, but I suppose the, yep. the debate lies on whether it was actually spoken by a special revelation from the very beginning point. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's a good point. I'd never, I'd never heard of that, though, the, the, the positive side of yeah. it. So there we go. Well, that would strengthen, I think that would strengthen his case um, to, to, to have that stated up front. But again, it kind of falls apart if you don't have access to that special revelation at any point from that point on, you know. Um, yeah. So that, that's kind well, of Well, I mean, I think uh, Van Til's point is true. Van Til basically gave the point that um, God gave special revelation. Mm-hmm. as well as uh, natural uh, natural or general revelation to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the point that he makes there is that it was never intended mm. that man be without special revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, natural revelation was never sufficient in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. So now here's the thing about that as well. And that's a great point. Uh, because I, yeah, absolutely, and again, it sort of doubles in on what we were saying a little bit earlier. As Christians, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, we need to interpret via the lens of Scripture. Um, and we'd feel absolutely ridiculous not doing that. But, um, you know, the, the question we're not, we've got to be careful with the question that we're asking, especially if, as he um, phrases it here, the opening titular question. Um, yes. Is natural revelation sufficient to govern culture? Not, is it sufficient to interpret everything that we need to know about morality in a perfect crystallized external codified sense, right? Uh, in other words, is it sufficient to hold a basic level of imperfect um, though, um, I suppose, reasonable or um, standardized uh, justice in, in in societies. So, for example, well, I mean... Uh, yeah, I would just say yes, because it has. <laughs> yeah, and also Romans 1 comes into play for me there, you know, um, in that God, God is making the... Uh, Paul, you know, speaking God's word there, is making the case that Everyone, everyone, you're going to be without excuse. You know, no one is going to have an excuse. Now, I get that we that we suppress the truth, but I think that if if it's true that even after that suppression has taken place, we still are without uh, excuse. Then it, there must be a a positive angle to that. In that that also then means that we have something um, that is legitimately able to keep us uh, at some level from gobbling ourselves up. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, if, if I could rephrase the question of the whole uh, article, yeah, uh, let me just try feel the way towards a better question. But uh, it seems the question should be rather uh, setting up a, or recognizing a distinction between can you have government ruled by natural law, mm-hmm. and to actually say, well, it would probably be better to have government informed not only by natural <laughs> law but also by some biblical principles. Yeah, yeah. And and if that's you know just by setting the question up that way, it, it sort of relieves the tension a bit, at least in my mind. So, in other words, um, so give me so a you scenario. Can, you, so you can have governments with natural law alone because we've had yes. Roman governments, we've right, had Greek right, right. governments, we've had, you know, government has come to pass and there has been law and order. There's been yes. a recognition of family. There's been a recognition of murder, lying, right. stealing, and all the general laws that we recognize. It hasn't from been total the, anarchy, right? Yeah, exactly. It hasn't been total anarchy, no. Yeah. Um, so common grace in that regard has been sufficient for a form of government, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's actually able to morph depending on the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but is that the best form of government? Right, that's, a right, right. that's a different question. It is a different question. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. um, and I suppose it's actually even more pertinent, to be honest, um, in that, you know, that really gets to the heart of the debate um, because there you'll have, um, I, you know, just knowing what I know about Frame, he's basically, his whole thing there is he doesn't want to embrace one of his big problems with two kingdom theology as put forward by, you know, guys like Van Drunen and, and, and Horton and the like. Um he doesn't want to embrace a, a system of thought that limits the potential influence of the gospel in that he's going. So like, for example, um, yep, fine. There you are, early church. You are doing your thing under the Caesar, you know, Rome. And yeah. uh, look, it's imperfect. But as, as we've just said, there's law and order and they're still under God's authority and ministers for keeping that law, law and order uh, under this common grace rubric. But then it's also true, and, and it's also true, just before we go there, it's also true that, you know, the Christian hasn't got a power of coercion. He's not he's not being called to take up the sword. It's just preaching the mm-hmm. gospel, persuasion. But we see that happens. The the gospel turns the world upside down and yes. um, and it spreads like wildfire. <clears throat> and and lo and behold, next thing you know, you got you got the thing even getting into Roman government and politics, and you got Constantine becoming this 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 Christian Roman emperor, which no one thought would, would ever be a thing. And, and, and he's like, well, okay, do you want, do you want a, a system of thought that stops the influence of the gospel at that point? Or do you want a system of thought that allows for it uh, when an opportunity like that occurs? And so that's his big thing. Um, yeah, my answer is yes, no, depends. <laughs> <laughs> very wise, very, very wise. <laughs> Covers all the bases. My answer uh, is um, it depends on, on what, uh, what elements of the triperspectival rubric we're looking Ooh. through. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm, I'm just joking. I, I think my, um, my, my answer to that is uh, I think at, at its best – you, I, like, let's say, for example, you've got a um, uh, a Christian government, right? Uh, no, okay, right, let's pull back. Let's say you've got a, um, let's take New Zealand, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, I mean, no one ever thought this could happen, but you've got a, a Reformed Baptist, um, Kleinian, oh. um, <laughs> um, uh, Christian Sounds conservative like creation, party. brother. <laughs> yeah, and they've just decided to start a party up, and and lo and behold, there they are. And oh my goodness, everyone's voting for them, and wow, they wow. won, and they get to choose everyone in 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 parliament. And my goodness, uh, the the reformed the, the the minister, or at least the prime minister, is is also a reformed Baptist pastor and a very sanctified guy, right? So wow, I mean, this is an incredible so day for New MPs Zealand. All your would also have to become reformed Baptists so that any law that gets passed doesn't get voted against. <laughs> hey, don't mess with my illustration yet. Um, all right, so it's a great day for New Zealand. Here we are. Now, how do we feel about this? Do we say, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. we don't want Christians there at all. No, 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 this is not a Christian thing. Reformed Baptists should be about, you know, word and sacrament, not government. Well, no, I mean, you know, at that level, I'm going to be, I'm going to be very, very stoked that people who, uh, who I feel have the best possible worldview and framework uh, in that mm-hmm. situation but the reason I'd be stoked about that is because I know that they're going to know the bounds of their limit, their authority in government. Yeah. And and so they're going to protect all religions and freedom of of, of worship and freedom of um, 
uh, speech and speech. Um, you know yeah. all, all the things they're going to protect <clears throat> defend the poor and they're going to apply all these things and they're they're going to be open and transparent about where they're coming from in their mm-hmm. faith but they're going to show other religions that they're not there to coerce them into their faith um, yep. you know things like that so I'll be will, I, they, will they stop gambling prostitution and begin to start uh, shutting down aspects of the internet bringing in rough pornography for example well i mean i think um you know again you'd have all those political principles in in play like for me one of the things uh that i think is absolutely necessary uh for politics and and the common grace order which i'd hope you know just because these guys are exactly on my vibe and they're in parliament so i can kind of assume that that they would um you know there is an element that right throughout even in the old testament even in theocracy um, you know, there was an accommodation to or a concession to sin, and that's part of politics, really. It's it's part of that 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 whole. You have to manage uh, the underbelly, so to speak. Uh, you can't just uh, triumphalistically do away with all things and and bring out the, this crazy um, uh, pseudo heaven theocracy thing. So they would, as part of their whole. I mean, obviously, even just the idea of allowing other religions and. Um, you know, you're already you're well away from anything that you might be called to do in a in a strict application of the second and first commandment, right? Um, yeah. And so at that level, it would just be about okay, well, what 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 do we have to do? We have to protect society. We have to protect um, the family. We have to stop uphold that. the economy. Yeah, and so you'd have keep, to keep the laws going, keep the police and the hospitals going, keep the social services going. And then coming to this article again, what you would do <clears throat> is that you would make those your your uh, biblical principles are obviously guiding you there but but in your understanding of the reality that others have not bought into those principles you're going to be letting the weight of, of your argument rest on what you know is true and can be arrived at from other religious views and even reason and natural law itself you know so you're mm-hmm. going to really be resting and, and, and weighing in on that now take that so so for example if you know now what 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 is that all achieved? I mean that I suppose for me has you know it's put it, it's it's an opportunity to show that a Christian those who profess Christ hey, isn't Donald Trump a Christian? Well, this is what I'm about to say. So that they're they're, <laughs> they're professing Christ and they they're not overstepping their charge. They they are able to to glorify God and give a good witness. And it, it's almost like um uh, that um golden age of islam thing you know when they kind of hit that sweet spot um where they uh, i think where was it was a mecca or i'm not sure where they um no it wasn't actually mecca but they they didn't try and go for um you know uh holy war or anything like that but it seemed like christians and and um and uh, Muslims were living together. I mean, I, I look at that as one of the better represent, representations of, of, of Islamic witness. Um, and I know that there, there was a very small anomaly in their history and they can't really seem to do that again or it's not consistent to their system. But imagine if you put forward something that is consistent to your system and does allow for a, a peaceful, prosperous government based on biblical principles although appealing to natural mm. law i mean that's a powerful witness so you know i don't want to limit i don't want to limit christian witness in that sense um and so you know i mean if that's all frames arguing for amen but the thing is i know he's not he wants he wants he 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 would say you know if we could then shut down businesses on sunday and you know bring in national prayers and we should go the whole hug you know 
which really? is yeah, and and for him it's just See, a matter of. I don't even like a national. I don't even like a national anthem. Me too. Why I don't should, you like should, it? Why don't you well, like it? Because it's a worship song that no one means. I know. So it's like you're promoting. But now you know the whole thing is everyone should worship. So now here's here's the way the national anthem anthem functions in my mind. Right. You know, it's a it's it's a center around which people identify. Right. It's you know it's it's a rally cry. Yeah. It's it's patriotism. It's nationalism. Yeah. Uh, and people do it uh, sentimentally, but not worshipfully. Yeah. Um. So there's a bunch of lies being spoken. You know, God right. of nations. But you, you know, know, if natural law is anything to go by, yeah, right. You've got the first two commandments that are basically requiring us to admit or confess, um, you know, it should be able to be appealed to, in other words, you know, at some level, which is why a lot of the Kleinians don't even want natural law in there because it ends up with this kind of pseudo-theocracy. <laughs> but, um, but what no, I would I'm just say... Like the, the worship should be happening at church, guy. That's, that's my view. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, okay, <laughs> so, so what I would say about that, though, with the national anthem is, you know, again, yeah. I, I don't want to see that. You know, necessarily, I don't think it is the government. Even a Christian government doesn't shouldn't feel obliged to do that, um, because it's creating a, a kind of hypocrisy and 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 it's just getting all weird. Um, rather, what is needed is just a, uh, an, a you know a transparent honesty in their application of of the the full moral law, which does include those first four commandments, uh, as we know, but but applied within the bounds of what they know they need to do with that law or their jurisdiction with that law. So they know mm. that God in his common grace does not require sins against him to be punished, you know, um, and, and that would be the role of government. So although they're, they're transparent about what that law stands for, um, they're, they're appealing. And I think also another good thing about natural law is that if it, even with that, that first you know that that the reality of God and the kind of national anthem God thing. There is a sense in which if if God is acknowledged, and it, you know, because the thing is, you can't understand. It's not fair to people to ask that they believe in Jesus based on natural law, right? Because the the yeah. natural law doesn't reveal that God, the Son, you know, came to to uh, to save us and uh, that God is triune and all that. We just don't have that access you know, access that info uh, in natural law. But what we do have is that there is a God who will bring about judgment and he is a judge and moral lawgiver and that sort of thing. So to have that as the basis of your justice system or appeal to that, I think it is a wise thing to do. It's it's providing your epistemological basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think you either have to go that way or you have to go, you know what, I'm full-scale libertarian, uh, non-aggression principle is all that really is mandated. The trouble in is, as soon as you start looking for a principle, you have to give it an epistemological basis. Yeah, well, exactly. So exactly. Uh, for a Christian, it's inescapable. I, I think so. And this is kind of the thing that Frame wants to bring out. Yeah. But I think there's a way to stay Kleinian, um, obviously. I mean, we've just talked about that. We've just yeah. said that there is. Um, and, and perhaps that's, you know, that there's a needless uh, horns of a false dilemma going on there. You know, we need to disagree. Does natural revelation disagree with special revelation? Does the law on the heart disagree with the law on stone? And the, I don't think the answer is yes. I think the answer is definitely no. So any appeal to conscience would essentially be appealing yeah. to something that agrees with the Bible. Yeah. Though, though not appealing explicitly to the Bible. It's just going to be a super weird situation if you're making this appeal to conscience you know, uh, or natural law, 
as a Christian and refusing to admit that that's informing your decision or crystal, you know, it's just such a disingenuous kind of vibe. Um, and uh, living in a postmodern context, I think we probably, because epistemology has been, you know, yes. epistemological skepticism, that's what uh, postmodernism is, you know, doubting what we know. Exactly. Uh, we probably have to give a much more rigorous defense of our epistemological foundations. And also, I think it's one thing that's been good about the whole uh, postmodern epistemological makeover is that now you don't really have to pretend you don't have a presupposition anymore, you know, um, which is which is helpful. <laughs> you know, you can just go into it just admitting Room that. for assumptions. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and that's okay, you know. So I think the question is less like, I don't think people will actually care where you're getting your epistemological foundation from. I think it's more like, what are you doing with it? Uh, you know, are you, are you bullying people with it? Are you, um, you know, wh what does that lead to, basically? So, for example, yeah. let's say an Islamic sort of um, party gets somehow into New Zealand government. This is a pretty bizarre mm -hmm. situation, but there it is. Uh, you know, again, like the only reason I, I don't really care where they're getting their morals from, you know, I mean, I kind of care, but I don't really at that political level. What I care about is what they want to do with it. So, for example, if they've got this thing going where they're, you know, getting all their morality as Islamic, you know, believers, um, uh, Muslims, and, and they're running the country really well. And, um, and they're making these appeals to things like don't kill, don't steal. And they're using the Old Testament mixed with some Quran, uh, you know, and I'm going, well, you know, I agree with all of it based on Christianity. And the atheist is going, well, it's leading, it's doing really well. You know, it's, it's, it's keeping everyone, you know, in, 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 in out of harm's way, so to speak. Uh, you know, that's a good, that's a good setup right there. You know, <laughs> what's the problem? I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. The issue with, with, uh. Islamic government is usually that they would go beyond the bounds of, of that sort of um, scenario. Well, I think here's the, the the probable problems that would arise is they would limit freedom of religion. They would shut down churches. Yeah. They wouldn't give us the freedom to preach the gospel, yeah. which is contrary to the peace that we ought to be praying for. Totally. Well, I mean, this is it. And so, yeah, and the, the illustration was intended to be kind of bizarre in that sense. Like, it just makes the point, though, you know, it's less... Even if it's Islamic, you know, it is, the issue is less to do with where, where is the epistemo, uh, epistemic sort of basis and where, where, what do they want to do with that, you know? I, and, think, I think at this point, Frame would accuse you of being very Kleinian. Would he? Yeah, because he would want a government that has all those laws where yeah. they agree. Yeah. But with worship of God. Yeah, totally. Well, there we go. So you just made my point for me because, yes, I yeah. am Kleinian, but the, <laughs> and, you know, I can be, and I think thoroughly so, two kingdoms, Kleinian, and yet still see uh, the reality of, of, of being okay just by, by saying, yes, scripture, you know, natural law, it's sufficient. Coming back to this question, it's sufficient to govern culture. It is, it's proven itself to be. But yeah, what was the other way you, you phrased the question? Is it the best form of, of government? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, 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 it has worked, but is it the best form? Well, best here's, form? here's, here's another not. way to look at it. Yeah. So we've got the two tables of the law. Mm -hmm. First table of the law is the first four commandments, which have to do with our duties towards God. Mm -hmm. And the second table has to do with our duties towards our neighbor. Unless, unless uh, both, both tables... You know, they were both duplicate copies, one for the exactly. suzerain. I was, just, I was just about to make the Kleinian uh, <laughs> <laughs> qualification. Sorry to mess with the two-table thing. Okay, to carry on with the Puritan uh, analogy. Yeah, for a let's call it the so-called second table. Yeah. yeah, I think 
I think most Two Kingdoms guys and Kleinians would be happy with the second table yeah. being the grounds for government, yeah. but would feel that it's heading towards theonomy mm-hmm. to include the first four. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I would also become uncomfortable when you start saying we now must, you know, you take away freedom of religion. You can have a Christian who's in government. You can have, uh, if providence allows, the opportunity to to put certain laws that serve neighbor from a Christian perspective, but to actually begin to make laws about who ought to be worshipped. Yeah. I think you've crossed the line right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, just, just having a look here, um, I came across this um, thing by Scott Clark. He said, um, 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 let's just have a look. Um, here we go. So he says, is, uh, Lee Irons, so the question here is, is the natural law theocratic? Okay. Mm. Lee Irons, he says, raises this question in relation to the discussion that has been occurring. Good here. question. Yeah, relative to the natural law and homosexual marriage uh, thing. Uh, Lee argues, my problem with this is that if logically carried through, this will lead to a view of civil government that is just as theocratic as the, those, as that desired by the theonomists, right? It's kind of what you were just saying now. Um, if the question is whether natural law is theocratic, the answer depends upon how one defines theocratic. If it means... Um, civil enforcement of religion, the answer is no. If it means, however, that there is a divinely revealed moral standard or law in creation and known to all image bearers that can and must be applied by the magistrate within his proper sphere of authority, then yes, it is theocratic with a lower case T. So I thought that was um, was actually really good because uh, at one level you're just admitting, okay, yeah, we are getting for a kind of, I mean, if you want to corner us on that term, but again, it's kind of down to semantics at that point. The issue is really, I find, do we believe that the magistrate has a proper sphere of authority only around those last, the second table, so to speak, of the law? You know, and, and it would so, seem to be where uh, God gave the command to Noah. You know, if, yeah. if someone kills someone, they should be killed. Exactly. And so that's there. But do you have to deny that the natural law is, a, you know, a sufficient sort of basis for all of that just because it has the first table? Well, I don't think so because. Because you could just simply admit, yeah, well, there is a kind of little T theonomy going on there, but it's irrelevant because the proper sphere of the magistrate is only to do with the, uh, the, the horizontal, at least the vertical, no, the horizontal horizontal angle, you know, in yeah. other words, taught other men. Yeah. And vertical, we kind of leave alone. Although it's there, though. Mm-hmm. And just to have it there is, you know, that it can be yeah. referred to without being scorned, so to speak. You know, it can be appealed to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've done a great job. We got through the first point. <laughs> <laughs> How long was it? Oh boy! So we got to cut it. We got to cut it over there, guys. But hey, at least I introduced you to uh, Frame's article. There, it's a really interesting discussion. Uh, it goes beyond two kingdoms. It, it it sort of moves into all sorts of areas of thought. It's uh, really more in that whole Christ and culture sort of thing. But um, um, there it is. Hopefully, that's. Um, Helpful if you did want to check it out. And there's some thoughts just to kick you off on the way. Um, Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it.